Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Some people like to deep clean every Saturday morning. I prefer to spend a few minutes every day keeping things fresh with Lysol. Lysol's toilet bowl cleaner disinfects both the toilet brush and bowl for two-in-one disinfection, killing 99.9% of viruses and bacteria. <sighs> Don't just clean, Lysol clean. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content, so maybe use headphones if you're listening at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Kristen. Yeah, Jolenta. We've reached the end of our fifth season of By the Book. Do you know what that means? It's time for another By the Book season wrap-up. Hells yes. That's right. It's time for our By the Book Season 5 wrap-up. This is the first of our current crop of bonus episodes. Every other week between now and our Season 6 debut, we'll be releasing a new bonus episode. And before we get started, one reminder really quick. Our By the Book live show is Friday, September 6th. That's tomorrow. Yes. So be there. We're going to see you tomorrow at the Bell House. We have special guest Elna Baker from This American Life. It's going to be a rockin' party, and every ticket includes a copy of Kristen's book, so you want to start a podcast. So get on it. Go to thebellhouseny.com for tickets, or use the link in our episode description. Also, be sure to check out our other show, We Love You and So Can You. In each episode, we help a guest tackle a predicament in their life and hopefully help them to feel a little bit more love for themselves along the way. All right, Jolenta, shall we get into our season five wrap-up? Yes, let's do this. Now, every time we do this episode, we do the same thing. We yeah. go book by book in the order we lived by those books, asking the same three questions. 
what stuck, Mm -hmm. what new revelations do we have, and what was pure torture. So uh, starting in order, our first book is The Nine Steps to Financial Freedom by Susie Orm and Jolenta. I'm going to let you start. What stuck, new revelations, what was pure torture? I still, after having lived by this book, see money as a little less toxic. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. That was my goal because you have to like write a goal slash like affirmation when you start the book. And I was like, I want money to be less toxic and to feel like it's not poison. And I feel that way. Excellent. How about new revelations? New revelation is uh, I'm just I'm kind of good with money, Kristen. Not going to lie. Yay! I have avoided it for a long time, but when I don't avoid it, like, I don't suck at it. I'm pretty naturally frugal and responsible and okay at tracking things and sort of estimating what I spend. Like, I'm okay with money. Nice. She's saying it loud. She's saying it proud for everyone to hear. She's okay with money. Yeah! (laughs) What about torture? Uh, Pure torture. Mainly... I did not like having to sort of rehash my money history because I didn't think that was a thing. But turns out it is a thing and it definitely informs how you see money. And I kind of felt embarrassed. I felt Mm. embarrassed. Mm. Like my worst fear is all about like, oh, my dad's going to judge me and like I'll have to live with him and like beg him for handouts. And it's like, ugh, gross. I'm a woman in my 30s and that's still what I'm like hung up on. But, you know, even though it was torture, it was probably good for me. Mm. How about you? Well, it's funny that you end with that being torture because for what stuck, that's something I still love to do. I still talk to people all the time about their money, anxiety, origin stories. Mm -hmm. And I mean, these are stories I've always been curious about anyway. I I love talking with people about money. But now ever since that book started the ball rolling, I just do it all the time. I talk with people constantly. And you know what? The more you talk about it, the less freaky it gets. That's true. And that leads to my revelation, number two. Almost everyone is bad at money and almost everybody has hangups about it. Like, I thought some people did, but I didn't realize it was like almost every person does. Oh, yeah. We all have our shit, right? In every area of life, there's things we're good at, things we suck at, things we obsess over. Yes, yes. And then as far as torture, I'm going to say nothing. I loved this (laughs) book. And I especially loved reminding myself, Remember this, Jolenta? I have more money than I need. Yay. (laughs) All right. Let's move on to The Body is Not an Apology by Sonia Renee Taylor. You go first. All right. So what stuck? What stuck? I'm still every single day broadening out my media consumption, including who I follow on Instagram. I actually ended up deleting some of the people I followed uh, that I thought were diverse, but it turns out like, no, they never have non-white people, for example. Mm, Even though they have body size diversity, they might not have race diversity. So I've still been working on kind of, you know, curating and recurating what I'm consuming um, as far as images, media. Um, I even hosted a movie show for CNN where – All of the hosts, all of us were women of color, Mm, and every single one of our guests was a person of color. And we made that show deliberately so that not only are we consuming media that's diverse, but we were making it ourselves, you know, walking the walk. And on that show, we never actually said, this is a show for people of color. Instead, we just said, this is is just a show for people who love movies. That's it. Yeah, you can look like anything in like a movie. Yes, absolutely. So that is what stuck. And then new revelations. So... A couple of people wrote in to me a few weeks after that episode aired, mm-hmm. and they said they didn't like the scene in the episode where I was observing diverse bodies in the park. Mm. I'm not sure if you remember this, but— I do. Yeah, yeah, I said things like, 
look at those strong, fierce women exercising. Look at that older man walking at a fast pace. He walks so much faster than me. I don't know if you remember, but I was saying things like that. Mm -hmm. So a couple people wrote in and said, Kristen, you should never call somebody a woman or a man unless they give you permission to do that. Just because somebody is female presenting or male presenting doesn't mean they actually identify as female or male. And so please don't ever call somebody a woman or a man again unless they give you permission first. So that's something I've been keeping in my mind. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, so thank you folks who wrote in. Um, as far as torture. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Kristen. I think we made the same thing for torture. I think we have the same thing, which is it was so disheartening that maybe 90% of the people who wrote in about the episode were people who were obsessed about their weight, but not acknowledging all of the other sides of what this book is about, yeah. which are about race, about gender, uh, about sexual orientation, Just about like social disability. messaging as a whole. like Yes, and about violence against the body. And violence against the body to such a huge extent is about race and about gender. And both you and I brought that into our stories. Totally. But over 90% of our listeners chose instead to write in and talk about how upset they are about their weight. Yeah. And that was that was really hard. It was it's really disheartening. Torture. Yeah, and I know that our world makes it hard for people not to be upset about their weight, especially if you're a woman. But mm -hmm. the book was about so much more, and we yeah. tried so hard to make that clear in the episode. But people just didn't. latched on to what they wanted to latch on to. It didn't come through, apparently. Yeah. So what about you, Jolenta? Uh, what stuck? I really enjoy watching what I watch still or consuming the media I consume, but just trying to be more conscious about, like, what messages am I supposed to receive by watching this? Or, like, what, mm -hmm. what agenda is this pushing? And I just love watching things with that lens, even if it is below deck Mediterranean. <laughs> just being like, what are we learning from this? What is this sort of mirroring and encouraging about our society? Is it breaking any taboos? Is it not? Why am I drawn to it? I just could think about that for 100 years. Mm, nice. And new revelation, mainly that a lot of us, myself included, are really distracted by our personal body struggles and rarely see the larger issues, I think. Mm. Myself included. When I think the body is not an apology, I think of like, oh, coming into terms with my weight and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, like you said, this book is about so much more. And I think we sort of get sidelined in these personal weight struggles based on, like, arbitrarily assigned societal standards. Mm -hmm. And it sort of keeps us busy while we miss other things that might be holding us back. Yeah, all of that. That is such a more eloquent way of putting it than me talking about it being torture. <laughs> all right, let's move on to How to Hold a Grudge by Sophie Hanna. hey -oh. So you start on this one. Okay. What stuck and how to hold a grudge. I still try to find lessons in what makes me furious. <laughs> I try rather than just to do like that. wallow in the fury. Yeah. Well, <laughs> rather than being just carried away in a river of rage, I'll be like, what can I learn from this river of rage? So that's stuck. Um, new revelations. Ever since we've read this book, I have thought a lot more about how I deal with other people and, like, what grudges I might be sort of incurring, you know, or, like, <laughs> like setting up where I'd be like, oh, did this thing I did, like, leave me with someone holding a grudge against me? I don't know. Ooh, interesting. It's sort of exciting to think about and hopefully makes me a little nicer in my day-to-day -day life. Who knows? 
Um, what was torture? Oh, you know what was torture? The book tells us to explore the sort of nasty, ugly thoughts we have about our grudges. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if my neighbor annoys me, like, I hope he gets laryngitis so he can't have yelling phone calls in his backyard that go right into my bedroom window, you know? Mm-hmm. The book tells you to do that, and we embraced it. And then a bunch of people got mad at Kristen for being annoyed <laughs> by kids that live upstairs. Yeah. We don't judge you. We don't judge your children. We don't judge how you parent. But we do live by the books as loyally as we can. Yeah. We were doing what we were supposed to do. We do not hate children. We do not condemn any people with loud children. We know it's a fact of life, and so is living underneath them sometimes. And it's not always a joy, even if you love kids. Yes. All right. So for me, what stuck, I have to say I'm still more likely to laugh than to curse when my uh, upstairs neighbor kids run around at this point. Dean and I just Dean and I just laugh about it and you know, we used to spend time being mad at it. Totally. But, but now we more often than not we laugh about it. Okay, new revelations. You know, we all tend to personalize other people's stories. We'll read a book mm, and say, mm-hmm. oh, it's just like my situation when I was growing up. Totally. Or it's just like this. And so people heard my story, and a lot of them immediately were like, I'm just like that character that Kristen hates in this story. Yeah, I relate to the mother, not the like— Not Kristen's, you Kristen know, being woken up at 6 a.m. every morning. having banging sex. Yeah. <laughs> I don't relate to that either. <laughs> And so, you know, we all latch on in a story to the people who we most identify with. And lots of our listeners identify more with the parents than they do with living underneath the household with the parents and the Mm. kids. And I understand why they do that. But I also wish they hadn't lost sight of what the point of the book was. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I understand. We all latch on to people who are similar to us. But maybe it would help us all if we tried harder to latch on to people who were dissimilar from us, too. No. <laughs> I don't like thinking about different things. <laughs> I just want to think about myself more. <laughs> Wait, and no. what was pure torture? Actually, like, I'm going to make it more personal. Mm-hmm. The people who directly wrote to me and said I was an awful person. Yeah, that was just me. The people who directly wrote to me and said I'm part of the problem and I'm a selfish person. And the fact that I am not helping everybody in my neighborhood who has kids by volunteering to do free babysitting. A and- lot of, like, calls <laughs> for why didn't you buy them this and do that for them. And it's like, I get it. Yeah. And it's like, no. I mean, yeah, in an ideal world, we'd have, like, life structured where childcare is actually a thought. And, like, we cater to families more considering it's what society wants you to do. Yes. But being annoyed by living under a loud kid doesn't mean we don't also want those changes to happen. Yes. We'd love those changes. Uh, Let's move on. Yes. Sleep revolution. Yes. Sleep revolution. It's a revolution by Ariana Huffington. You heard it here first. Yes. What's stuck? So... For me, I definitely cut down on alcohol still when Mm -hmm. I want to sleep better. Like if I have a couple of nights in a row where I'm not sleeping well, I think, oh, did I have alcohol those days? So I won't for a few days. So that's stuck. And I still occasionally picture myself floating down the Mississippi (laughs) at night if I'm having trouble sleeping too. So that's stuck. New revelation. Hello. Noise-canceling headphones. Dean got me some. Oh, my God. On our annual trip to New Zealand this year, I wore them on the plane. Game changer. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. If you're traveling for 30 hours straight, noise-canceling headphones, beautiful. Or just don't travel for that long. (laughs) Ever. Ever. (laughs) And then what was pure torture? You know, reading the book. Boring. Repetitive. 
uh, heavy sales pitch, the whole thing, Mm -hmm, lots mm -hmm. and lots of things that are trying to make you feel paranoid if you don't get enough sleep. You're going to have cancer and Alzheimer's and muscular dystrophy and a bacterial illness. And and are you the right temperature? Yes. (laughs) What about you? Uh, What stuck? The sleeping alone idea has stuck for me. Have you been doing more of that? I sleep alone a little more on occasion. Nice. The other night, my back was driving me nuts because I was sitting in a stupid position all day. And I was like, my back hurts. I know the couch in my little office slash guest room is firmer, and I'm up in the middle of the night, so I'm just going to go hang out on that couch. That's a nice couch, by the way. I've spent time on that couch. It's just nice and firm. It's really good. Nice. New revelation. You know what? I am okay with hating naps. I used to not be okay. You don't have to apologize for it. And after this book and just thinking about sleep some more, I'm like, everyone's relationship to it is unique. And no matter how I try to game it out, where I nap, how long I nap, I just can't bounce back. And I'm okay with that. Nice. Nice. Own it. Just own it. Thank you. What about torture? What was pure torture for you, Jolenta? Uh, mainly re-listening to that meltdown I had at the beginning of the episode, uh, when I couldn't sleep and I had found out my dad had, like, another secret Uh, life going on. Yeah. And that sucked. (sighs) That, it's just hard to listen to yourself be, like, both vulnerable and an angry monster. Mm. So, that sucked. On that fucking downer (laughs) note, you guys, we're gonna take a break. But when we're back, we'll talk about the rest of the books we lived by in season five of By the Book. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call. Text or chat 988 for free confidential support anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, we're back with our season five wrap up and we're continuing with... The Art of Dying Well by Katie Butler. What stuck? Uh, What stuck for me was thinking about legacy. Yes. Yes, me too. That was like such a sick idea. I love it. I love just 
Kind of. It's sort of what I also consider like a mission statement coming, mm. coming from the arts nonprofit world. <laughs> um, just sort of like when you do things, when you leave a mark, when you're making something, when you're interacting with someone, being like, is this on message for me? Am I leaving the legacy behind in this interaction that I want to leave behind or in this thing I'm making? Uh, and I just love sort of framing death in a way that is constructive and feels like I have some control over it. Like, I do have control over, like, what I leave behind. Yes. So I really liked that. Yes. What about New Revelations? New Revelation is I am now obsessed with the idea of travel agents, and I will use one in the future. Yes, your mom told you in that episode that she had a travel agent, and she had essentially— a whole crew of people who helped her. Like she yeah, wasn't. She was like she was not doing shit, stuff on her own. Taking care of, streamlining stuff she didn't want to deal with. And I at first freaked out and was like, "No, I'll do it. Let's do everything ourselves forever." Yes. And then I was like, "Oh no, wait. If you have the resources, it's okay to get a little help. And travel agents aren't that expensive, and apparently do very cool things." Yes. Yes. What about torture? Pure torture was being talked into living by this book by Kristen because I tried to get out of it many, many times. For years. <laughs> for years and years of me begging for death books. But you know what? I think we lived by the right death books. So I agree. maybe all the other death books I suggested in the past just weren't the right ones. So. Yeah. Yeah. So death to those books. <laughs> uh, how about you? So, like you, the legacy. I really think about that. Mm-hmm. And you may recall in the episode I said, I just want my legacy to be kindness. And am I putting through kindness through my work, through my interactions with others? Um, am I doing that? And if I'm not, then I'm not being true to what I want my legacy to be. So that's been sticking with me. Nice. New revelations. You know, I've been thinking a lot about my mom, actually. Mm. Um, before my mom died, she downsized like crazy. And no one, including her doctors or her family, knew she was dying. But sometimes I wonder if maybe she knew she was dying. Oh. Her house, um, when she passed away, really, she got rid of everything, including the coffee tables. And then oh tables. Gosh. she had sofas, a little wooden stool she used as a side table. And we kept wondering, why is she getting rid of everything? Why is she getting rid of everything? And I just think about how in the book it talks about how making things as easy as you can for people left behind, yeah. how how much of a gift that is. And I'm sorry, oh I'm, getting, no, I'm getting know, emotional. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional, but That's so, I just wonder if my oh mom my wanted God. to leave a nice gift for us by making it not as hard. Stop. I'm sorry. Um, excuse me. All right. I'll move on to what was pure torture. Oh, yeah, what was torture? <laughs> Let's shift gears completely. Yes, yes. So what was pure torture was actually hearing from so many people we heard from hundreds of people who said they refused to listen to the episode because— Oh, yeah. That was because, super disappointing. Because they said just the word death freaked them out, that they knew they couldn't avoid death, but they could avoid the word, and so they didn't want to consume any media that had the word death in it. And that just bummed me out to no end because I really think this was a, one of our most it's beautiful, really great. meaningful episodes. really great. I feel like it episodes. was a really like, heartfelt one and, like, such a— like sweet one full of love that it's like not about loss at all death and loss are different in yes. my mind a yes. bit and in the epilogue we talked with our death doula elua arthur who if you only listen to that episode, she's amazing just the epilogue episode alone Truly. I, I just think that's a great entry point into the whole conversation it's such a beautiful episode so anybody out there who's still avoiding um our death episodes please just you know 
tiptoe in with the epilogue episode. I think that will help you. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I think, one of the most important books we've ever lived by on yeah, the show. It's really good. All right. Shall we move along to another book that was so important? Yes. <laughs> Next level basic. By Stasi Schroeder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Delenta, let's talk about your experience with this. What stuck? New revelations? Pure torture. What stuck? One thing I did love about Stasi's book, and you actually pointed this out to me, was caring less about how you lost your virginity. Yes. And how that, like, even though it is poignant and it shapes us, it doesn't have to be your, like, sort of sex or relationship origin story and sort of define how you deal with sex or whatever. And I just really like that. I think it's refreshing. I think a lot of books don't even touch on it, or a lot of books assume sort of a more old school, like... This is what sets you up for life, so you better yeah. do it the right way, and it better only be with somebody who's committed to you. And, and like, checks all these boxes. And every day for the rest of your life, you're going to have that person's face and name embroidered on your heart, Where so you like, better have yeah, a good person. We all lose our virginity. We all have messy sex stories. It's never a fairy tale. And, like, yeah. That's fine. Yeah, it's okay. Have sex again. Yeah. It'll be a fairy tale someday. Yeah. I don't remember the first time I ate solid food, but I still love solid food. OMG, same. <laughs> um, new revelations. I thought a lot about how I express my love to Brad after this episode. Interesting. Yeah, because we had a bit of a discussion about, like, I think social media and, like, relationship deal breakers or something. Oh, you talked about even being in the same photographs together. And he was like, we don't have any pictures together. Not even, like, talking about social media, but in general, most of our photographs are not of us together. And how he was like, I'd love to, like, feel like we were more of a couple sometimes. And I was like, oh, shit. I think sometimes... My fear of looking like a basic bitch who's like, I'm Sussler Husband, <laughs> like holds me back from also expressing love and joy to him and with him. And it's like, Jesus, I'm not basic for liking a dude I like tied myself to for the rest of my life. It's like pretty, a lot of people do it. I mean, it is basic, but it's fine and we can embrace it. And I don't need to like be paranoid of like looking like I like him too much because I fucking do. Like, I like him too much. <laughs> you do not. You guys love each other so much. There's no such thing as too much with that. Oh, thanks. Um, what was torture? Okay, this is nitpicky, but I took it personally. We got one email. Oh, no. I want to know. Saying essentially, like, I can't believe you did Next Level Basic. I thought you guys were better than this stupid stunt. Like, hold on, have they not person listened to an our author, show before? Blah blah blah. And I was like, a, this whole show is a stunt. <laughs> and b, like, we've read just as stupid books and taken them just as seriously. So it just sort of bummed me out that, like, I mean, we did past lives, future healing. I felt Let's get real. judged for being basic. <laughs> I guess really. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so that. That was a thing. Mm. How about you? All right. So what stuck? So this wasn't actually from the book. This was actually (laughs) from uh, recording the epilogue episode. Um, Listeners may recall, Jolenta, you were sick that week. So Nora co-hosted. Nora, like, Nora, I've always loved you. But Nora, you are just such a fucking delight. And whenever I get to hear your voice, it fills my heart with joy. And... I'm so glad that listeners got to hear it in the epilogue episode. And so what's stuck in my heart is we need to just make sure that we have Nora on from time to time, reading ads or doing other things. We do have a bonus episode with her coming up. Yes. We just love Nora. And so 
you know, I know afterward Nora was like, oh, did I do okay? Did I do okay? Did I sound okay? It's like, Nora, yes. It's right here. It's stuck in my heart. You sounded beautiful. And if you like the sound of her voice, it's because she's a beautiful singer, you guys. Yes, yes. And I know there's a little Nora in everyone else's hearts out there, too, right now, because she's stuck with us. Yay. New revelations. Stassi is a straight-up racist. I was going to use a bad word. I'm not going to use the word. that's a new revelation for you? Cool. So so I kind of knew reading the book there were tiny hints of it. But in the book, she really she does. She skirts over her She skirts issues. over it. She frames it more like, hey, I've said stuff wrong, and I had no idea people were saying, I'm so sorry. I cried for days. I didn't realize I was hurting people. And then when I did all the, like, after we were done living by the book and I did reading on yeah. all this, I'm like, holy shit, she did bad stuff. No, and it's like the she stuff said she really says wrong. It's stuff. not like, whoopsie, live and learn. It's like, oh, my God, you were on the wrong side of history until someone had to fucking point that out. Yeah, when you decided to say that maybe we're being way too hard on all the men in the Me Too movement. Oh, give me a fucking oh, break. Oh, my God. Stassi, did you really say that? Oh, she did. That's why I love and then her because she has the conviction of a hero with the views of An a monster. <laughs> But, I mean, I can see why you would love that because that's a good character. It's a good character. It's not a good it's role model. It's not a good model. human. It's not, not good... necessarily someone whose advice you want to follow. But, again, we have followed advice from just as questionable uh, people. Yeah. But, I mean, it was definitely in my post-reading after we lived by the book that I I do feel realized, like I like, kind of hid it from you. You told me not to watch the show or anything. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't do that before yes. a lot of the books. But so. afterward, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. You are not good for humanity, Stassi. All right. What was pure torture? You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Please say nothing. I, <laughs> oh, my God. She's going to say nothing was torture about a book written by a Real Housewives <laughs> spinoff show character. I was going to say something. No! But, yes, I was going to say something. And But the thing is, it wasn't exactly torture so much as it kind of had me rolling my eyes, which was, the number of people who wrote in to defend basicness as if it needs defense. Oh, no. No. It's no. Like, you know what? You enjoy the most popular drink at Starbucks every year. You're not You're like, not alone. You don't need to be defended. Upon. Yeah. No offense. You're, you're, I'm not. You're not marginalized. You're not living a bad life. People are not, like, uh, taking your rights away because you like pumpkin spice lattes. And if you do feel marginalized because of the word basic, it's probably because someone's being secretly sexist. Ah, that could be the case. It could be that. All right. Let's move along to Getting Things Done by David Allen. Get it done. What Uh, stuck, Jolenta? What stuck is my bathroom counter still looks good as fuck. Hey, did you post a picture of that yet? I didn't, and everyone's been bugging me, but I've been wanting to clean it and make it look like Insta ready first. (laughs) (laughs) But I will post a picture for this episode, I promise. Please do so. Listeners keep writing in about it. They're like, Jolenta, we've asked you like... 50 times. I know. And I was like, guys, I haven't cleaned and like done the right lighting and put the candle out. (laughs) I have to stage it. Um, New revelation. Oh, this was sort of a weird one. But after we did getting things done, I was looking at all my color coded word documents and whatnot. And I was like, I'm going to categorize this now and add that color and this. And I was like, oh no, I could spend my entire life organizing and categorizing and, like, color coding and putting things in a jar and never do any work. 
Mm. and feel like I'm doing work and it's like fun and novel because it's like new and putting it here for the first time and it's like oh no I'm going to put a box inside a box inside yeah, a box and, like, and then I'm going to put a label oh, that's pink I've just over listed this label that's blue. the things I have to do 20 <laughs> times but I've yet to do the things yes. so that's I feel like a trap I have to sort of watch out for as someone who loves that those sort of like systems and implementing them and trying new ones you are good at systems I love a system uh, what was pure torture? Reading this long ass book. No offense. I know people love it, and I got a lot out of it. But it was a long, uh, sort of like clinical, dry book that described like a what forty eight file filing system <laughs> or something. Like, that's a dry read. Not yes. gonna lie. Yes. So for me, what stuck? You know those two minute tasks. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying I'm good at doing those every day, but I would say at least. Maybe once every week, once every 10 days, I'll just plow a whole bunch nice. of two-minute tasks out of the way. So that's great. I I'm glad that. I still do that. New revelations. Uh, new revelations. You know what? I didn't know how many people in the world are secret GTD adherents. Anytime this book comes it's up. It's crazy. It's crazy. It'll just like nonchalantly come up in conversation. I'll be like, you're kidding. Everybody. It's yeah. So, it is so many. It's like school teachers, business people, students. Yeah, it's like a cult. It's but like kind of fun and secret. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's a good cult. They're into it. Yeah, and what was pure torture? Totally agree with you. Reading this book. Yeah, so repetitive. How many different ways was can you tell me one the of same the longest, thing? driest? Yes, I just felt like when I was reading the book, why didn't you organize your book? Because the book's not organized. Yeah, organize the book. Use some GTD on that book. Do it. Whoa, I'm speechless. <laughs> uh, let's move on to So You Want to Start a Podcast, Kristen. Yes. Uh, that book's by Kristen Meinzer, Yes, by it the is. Way. Yes, it is. Can I make you go first for your own book? Yes, yes. What stuck? All right. Our show. We're still making it. <gasps> oh, my God. It. That's we love so good. Yes. That's not my answer. Oh, what? We love you, and so can you. It's going strong. We have all the foundations in place. We're making a show that we're proud of and that we enjoy making, and um, yeah, so I'm really thrilled. It's like, what would be sad is if, well, the show died after we made our pilot episode. Oh, that would be sad. <laughs> but no, we put all the foundations in place. We know why we're making it. We know who it's for. We have a good casting system in place. We have a great team. So I'm just, I'm so happy our show is still Seriously. being made. Yeah, we love you. So can you. We love it. All right, new revelations. This book actually ties so much of all the other books we've lived by into one book for me. I think about my legacy Oh, um, whoa. when I think about the shows that I make. Oh, my gosh. Duh. And I think about getting things done and organizing my work in the right way. I think about, you know, just making sure we're on top of our dollars and cents. And so many other things that are the books we've lived by, we put into practice in this one episode with that this book. That is true. And— I didn't even think about that when no, we made that our shit. finale book, but it's like, oh my God, so much of what we cared about was wrapped up in this one book, in this one episode. Whoa, yeah. That's so cool. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And what was pure torture? Honestly, the only thing that was torture for me was just like waiting to put this out into the world because we mm-hmm. had been working on it for so long. And I just feel like every single day, it's like, is today the day? Can we do it? Can we do it? Can we put it out? Yeah. And I love anticipation, but boy, was that anticipation starting to stretch out. (laughs) So that was the only torture was just like the anticipation started stretching out into antsiness after a while. Yeah, for sure. Um, How about you, Jolenta? What stuck? Um, What stuck for me was your chapter about audiences. Oh, who's your show for? I think a lot about it, but I think it's been a good reminder to be like, this, you are overall making an experience for other people. 
So keep that in mind forever. Don't get swept up and like, this is happening in that meeting and I'm busy. And it's like, yeah, but whatever. Like, I need to keep my audience in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just helped. And and it, I like how you like make a little story about your audience members and they have like personalities. And it's like, it's fun to sort of imagine about them. I like to think that whole chapter is a love letter to our by the book listeners, though, because so much of that chapter yeah, is really just about, about them. Yeah, it is. It's true. Um, new revelations. Okay, this is a little like podcast shop talk. Okay. But I feel like there's been another wave of like articles about like podcasting. Turns out it, it's an industry and like this famous guy you've heard of is doing it now. Like, so it's not a joke and like everyone's doing it in marketing and ad dollars. And I think it is important to have something out of substance that uh, has research behind it to explain, like, this is how the things you actually like are being made. Not everyone's throwing these things together and, like, slapping an ad on it and a celebrity on it. Like, this is how someone who's been in the industry, which is new, though, but for a decade, sees it and how it works for real. Yeah. So I'm just glad. Yay. Uh, What was pure torture? The puns. Ah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Nothing was torture. I can't say living by my friend's book was torture. Like, it was great. (laughs) You can say the puns. That's fine. Okay, the puns. (laughs) All right. We are going to take another quick break. But when we're back, we're going to share which book each of us loved the most and hated the most in season five. Stay with us. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Okay, Kristen, we are back, and it is time to decide overall of all the books from season five, which books we hated the most and loved the most. What do you want to start with? Hate? I feel like we should start with hate. Let's always start with hate. Great. Because it's always about hate. Hate is great. (laughs) No, it's not. It's a very bad thing. Least favorite book. Yes. I want to hear yours. I want to hear yours. The Sleep Revolution. Ooh. I think... I hated it the most because I was disappointed by it the most. Because uh, I love sleep. I want to learn all about it. I love the idea of, like, dream journals and stuff. But the book was sort of all over the place and not as helpful as I thought it would be. And, like, a lot of the hacks I had seen before and, like, listicles. And then the end was, like, a huge list of cross-promotions for her brand. Yeah. It yeah. was just sort of a letdown. So that's why I hated it the most. All right. I hated getting things done. 
What? Don't yes, tell your I husband know. who loves that book. I know, and all of our listeners who love it. Why? Um, I just like when I think about how badly that book was just the written, experience I, itself of reading. I it. just get angry yeah. thinking about it, and I think about how his systems don't have the clarity I need. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like systems within systems within systems within systems, mm-hmm. and it's just no. If this is if this is <laughs> it's just no. Yeah. If this it is here supposedly first. a simple way to organize my life, it really should be like here are four steps, done. It, it's just too complicated. Yeah. Just way too complicated. Horrible to read. I, the experience of reading it was rough. Not to mention, I got just so many emails while we were reading it from Kristen, being like, "I hate this. <laughs> this is long. <laughs> what does this even mean?" I absolutely hated getting things done. Wow, um, hot takes. Yeah. What What about um, the book that we loved the most? I have a tie between. So you want to start a podcast, and the body is not an apology. Really? I think so. You want to start a podcast was a very fun read written by my friend. Yes, I am biased, but it is full of good information. And I think The Body is Not an Apology is a really interesting read for me. It's the kind of book I would read on my own in my free time. It opened my eyes to a lot of things I've been wanting to learn about, sort of the societal traps that lead us to feeling the way we do about our individual selves and how it goes from, like, bigger picture to smaller picture and how we can sort of force the view back to the bigger picture and maybe, like, adjust it. I just found it fascinating and empowering. And even though it led to a lot of, like, heated discussions uh, in our Facebook community and stuff, I just think it's a good thing to keep discussing, you know, whether or not we are getting sidetracked by our personal journeys or if those personal journeys take over, like, our whole self-worth and just all aspects of it are fascinating to me. Yeah. And I just think it's a necessary book, too. Yes. For For anybody who didn't get that in Women's Studies 101 or Intersectional Feminism 101. Yeah, like, if or, you haven't been exposed to much sociology, it's, like, a really good intro. Yeah, it's a great intro. I would give it to anybody who just doesn't already have that background. So For sure. I think that's a great pick. Awesome. How about you? All right. I'm going to also have a tie. So I, I'm going to mention my book, and part of the reason why I loved Living by So You Want to Start a Podcast so much is just because between that and We Love You and So Can You— so much of our hearts went into those two projects over the last year. It's just like— I mean, your heart went into your book. Mine did not. <laughs> but so much of you was I, in I that like book. I, like, sent it love. Your but... name is, like, on every fifth page of that book. I mean, you know that you're woven into that book. It's a beautiful story. I'm not going to lie. It's beautiful. <laughs> yes. And also just putting that book out into the world during this time where— more than ever, I feel like we're hearing from a lot of white men who are trying to own the podcasting space. It and is really being taken over by a bunch of white dudes. So if you're looking at that industry, guys, remember, lots of women, lots of non-white people making lots of prominent shows that you could write about or explore. Yes, yes. And I try to cover a bunch of them in my book. And you I do. try to you mention I, a bunch of And I try of to explain, here's how you book people who aren't white men on your show. It's super easy. You can do it, too. You don't have to just book the same white astrophysicist that everyone else is booking or the same white uh, statistician or the same white guy who is the head of a department that studies business strategy. Like, there are so many other people you can talk to. So, mm-hmm. obviously, my heart is in that book. But as far as a book that I didn't write, 
I'm going to say The Art of Dying Well. That yeah. book was so important. You it, might as well have fucking written it. I just, it's so good. It's such a good book. And I just feel that it's good for the world. It's good for people. It's good for planning our death. And more mm-hmm. than anything, it's good for helping us to live a little bit better. I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. So those are our verdicts for season five Yay. of By the Book. We did it. Yay! And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Huge thank you to our amazing production team at Stitcher, Nora Ritchie. She got a beautiful voice. Andy Kristen's daughter. Again, not Kristen's daughter, just a cool-ass last name. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos, who perform it. Please stay in touch. Tell us about your experiences of living by self-help books, books that we've lived by, or books that you want us to live by. You can reach out to us at any time. Our email address is kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at Jolenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at By the Book Pod. And if you want, you can leave us a voicemail at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-492-6657. Also, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. And, you know, just tell everyone you know about the show. Get them to subscribe. Spread the word. That's all. That's it. We're done. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jalinta Greenberg. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. You have chills? Yeah, I have the chills. I have the aches and the chills. But that sty in the eye is mostly cleared up that I have. (laughs) Oh, right. I did know you had a sty because I told you about when my friend's kid, Sai, had a sty in his eye. Yes. And I was like, Sai has a stein as I get with it, Heather. Stitcher. Whatever struggles you're facing, from depression and anxiety to trauma and grief, BetterHelp can connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. Our listeners even get 10% off your first month with the discount code BTB. So why not get started? Simply go to BetterHelp.com slash BTB and fill out a questionnaire to get matched with a counselor you'll love today. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with Sirius XM's Listen Next program presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with Sirius XM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Isa as host Isa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.